Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Stevenson for three. Give me one, Lance. Stevenson ties it with 1.6. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Halliburton at the buzzer. Captain Kutch with another one. Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes. Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go. Good job. Oh, what a move by Heald. He lays it in. Heald. Hotter than fish grease. Dropped it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Outrunning his Brissett. Outs it all. It's it to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. Halliburton going to slam it at the other end. All right, so for our Saturday show, obviously changing things up a little bit with Fachi, uh, you know, not technically here with us right now. This is pre-recorded, so we're doing a little bit of stock up, stock down. We're recording this Monday before the Cavs game for our Saturday show. Thankfully, we had a nice long break here, Fachi. So, uh, well, congratulations. You're married now when this is airing. So, uh, Man, that's... I think I'm going back through time, you know. It's, it's pre-recorded <laughs> in advance, and my wedding hasn't happened yet, but we're talking like it is. I love it. So I'm just going to pretend the wedding went unbelievably and I couldn't be happier to be married. Mm, There we go. I love to hear it. So let's get into it. Stock up, stock down. We have not done this in a hot minute. So Fachi, first player, stock up, stock down. You give it to me. Man, I'm going to start big. Uh, You want me to start with the man himself? Uh, I'm going to do it. Go, go, Batadze. Oh. Yeah, right. No, it's Tyrese Halliburton. Um, You know, hey, do you want to take this one first or you want me to go for it? You go for it, brother. All right. It's an obvious stock up. I mean, I really want Halliburton to reach his full potential. I feel like getting out of Sacramento, this man feels just happier, and it's it's translating on the court. He's averaging, like, roughly five more points and three more assists per game. He's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three. That's as a pacer. He's the engine that gets it going. I feel like we have not seen a point guard with this type of court vision and also offensive skill maybe ever. But regardless, I think that we have a very special player. This stock is through the roof. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty silly to say stock down for Tyrese Halliburton just because he actually put some life back into the fan base. I mean, that's number one. Number two, he's now the face of the franchise, so to say. So, I mean, hey, sky's the limit for him. I don't think Pacer fans are ever going to get mad at him for anything that he does. I mean, right now, the biggest criticism is, hey, you're not being aggressive enough looking for your shot. Shoot the ball more. Like, okay. That's a great problem to have. Um, So, yeah, I think his stock has to be up. And, you know, I think this would be a good time to transition into another guy that we acquired via the trade deadline. That's Buddy Hill. Stock up or stock down for Buddy? 
Oh, man. His stock is up. Look, you know, I, I had a soft spot for Buddy, but now all have, of a sudden, have. all of a sudden, I mean, look, I, I have it. I got, I got Babe at the game taking a video of him making it, tagging him in it. Like, this is a Buddy household now, all right? <laughs> so, look, yes, he, he could be streaky at times. All right. But it's, a, it's just a 10-game sample size. But as a pacer, he's averaging 20 points per game on 46% shooting. While his three-point percentage, it's 34% as a pacer, he's putting up over nine threes a game. So he's got the confidence. But, Alex, one of the things that has been very evident was since uh, game one as a pacer, he's a playmaker now. Yeah, yeah, buddy dimes. Where did this come from? The man's averaging five and a half assists as a pacer. He was averaging under two assists per game as a king. And just to put in perspective, 16 assists in just his last two games as a pacer. Wow, yeah, that's the Rick Carlisle effect on you right there. I think Rick Carlisle really likes Buddy Hield. I think, I think that too. I think Buddy Hield was just ready for a change of scenery. And look, mm-hmm. you know, New Orleans and Sacramento might be the two worst teams in terms of franchises. I agree. In the NBA. So, I mean, going from the two bottom dwellers of, you know, just the pecking order of who, where you want to play, uh, you know, Indiana isn't always the, like the brightest spot, but it's brighter than those two. So, hey, you know. Uh, that's that's good for us. But I think, honestly, if you go back and look at this trade, the Kings fans, we've talked to guys that cover the Kings. They wanted Buddy out. They felt like this was a throw-in. Like, it was like Buddy had no value. So the fact that the Pacers are able to get him and play, and he's played well for them, I think that they've only wrote, uh, you know, the stock has only risen since he has come to the Indiana Pacers. But I think it was so low that it would have just risen regardless uh, just by coming here and playing half of what he's done but he's been he's been really good Fachi I'll give you that he really has and there's two things I want to throw at you all right one I saw this that uh in his his games as a pacer buddy's creating 51 percent of his shots on his own this Mm. isn't him just being a catch and shoot guy like he's really you know he's taking on more responsibilities it's paid off he's rebounding better he's averaging over six rebounds as a pacer but the one thing I want to say in its comparison and for right now could be a bit bold, but I'm catching Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis vibes where Halliburton is probably more of the Oladipo and Buddy was kind of just like included in there like, oh, cool, we got Buddy healed. All right, whatever. Well, he's been really good. And mm. look, is he going to develop into a two-time All-Star? Probably not. You know, <laughs> one-time All-Star? Probably not. But here's the thing. He's been better than we expected. And I do think, you know, if you keep him in this over here, he develops chemistry. I think he could potentially be doing this over the course of next year instead of it being a fluke. Yeah, I think you're stretching that one a little bit. Fashion. I don't know. I'm going uh, to stretch it out until it rips, all right? Uh, so, yeah, look, I think we can find a better comparison, and I'll think about well, it as I, we're going on. But well, I mean, him and his game has nothing to do with the bonus. I'm just talking about being that second guy in the trade that, like, was kind of over. Oh, I know. I mean, remember when people were saying, are the Pacers even going to keep Buddy past the deadline? Like, people actually <laughs> thought he might not wear a Pacer jersey. The guy's averaging 20 points per game for us. Okay, that's fair enough. Let's move on to the next one. All right, next one. I got Chris Duarte. What do you uh, got? Okay, yeah, so this might actually be a bit of a shock, but I'm going to say stock down, Fachi. Look, it's, it's tough here because Chris Duarte, really good player. But, you know, I would say before the trade, he was probably everyone's favorite player on the roster just because he was the new guy that people really enjoyed. And, you know, that beginning of the season, he looked great. And then he had another great stretch there uh, when all the guys were out, Levert, Brogdon, Sabonis, during that run there. And he looked really good. 
but he just can't stay healthy. And he's gotten a lot of weird injuries this year. He's had the shoulder injury. Um, now he's got a, a toe injury, right? So it's just like he cannot get into rhythm. I, I think that he's still a, a, a young, bright player for this team, and I'm not writing him off by any stretch of the mean, but I just say right now, um, since the trade deadline, he's been good at moments, obviously, when he's played, but just can't stay healthy, and I think that has to be a little bit of a damper on his stock down. Yeah, it's stocked down. There's no other way to put it. We got to call spade a spade. Look, he's got the, the the toe injury right now, and I'm kind of catching some Toy Story like vibes over here. Where there's a there's a new favorite toy in town. Oh my god! I, no, I wrote. I love it. <laughs> I remember when people were saying, "I get to see Chris Duarte play basketball today," and it was like that was the tweet coming out like at like 9:30 in the morning, you know, hours before a game. Now it's like, hey guys, we get to see Tyrese Halliburton suit up. Like, you know, I'm pumped, and it, it's just. I understand that would make Tyrese Halbert and Buzz Lightyear, you know. So, look, I just feel like we haven't seen vintage Duarte in a while, and that's probably because I've said it 100 times over here. We got spoiled early, but the injuries, they're settling in a little bit, and I just feel like there's been so many new faces that we've gotten caught up a bit. So, you know, right? And then plus, Duarte's gone back to the bench with Buddy mm. Heald and Brogdon starting. So it's only right that we say stock down. Yeah, I think now if we're going to stay on Toy Story, let's stick with, uh, stick with Slinky. Uh, let's stick with Slinky, you know, someone that's really getting stretched here and, and showing, uh, <laughs> you know, how great of a player they are. That's Malcolm Brogdon. So let's go to Brogdon. Pachi, stock up or stock down here? Stock up. Look, uh, you know, finally feels like, dare I say, a healthy Brogdon. Oh, my God. Let me knock on wood because, you know, we got the Fachi curse out there, you know, whatever it is that you and others are saying. But, no, look, Brogdon's stock, it was low. It was low. It was it was tough. I mean, you know, I was ready to pack some bags, but this guy, he's averaging, you know, just under 20 points per game since he's returned, nearly 45% shooting, 42% from three uh, since, you know, since he's returned from the Achilles injury. So while his stock was plummeting before, I feel like it's now gotten back up to the point where being at the Wizards game yesterday, Brogdon looked really good. He looked really good getting to the hole. And, you know, it, it just feels like he's finally back at a point where it's like, okay, the rest did him wonders. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. And honestly, Rick Carlisle has said enough about Brogdon. Uh, stretching the truth is what I was getting at there with Slinky because mm -hmm. saying that he guards fives was just hilarious last yeah, Sunday <laughs> against the Celtics. So that's why I went with that route. But, yeah, you know, honestly, Brogdon, he has, he's a good player. He's played well. And quite frankly – whether you love him or hate him, it's just one of those things where he's playing good right now, and that's a great thing for the Pacers. If you're looking to trade him, uh, you want his stock to be up, one, showing that he's healthy, and two, that he's being an efficient basketball player. Yep. Moving over next, I have Isaiah Jackson. What do you mm. got? This is a tough one here, but I think, I think you have to go stock down because the man can't stay out of foul trouble. Look, he's got a great opportunity in front of him, but he's still not able to log more minutes than a guy that might not be here next year in Jalen Smith. So to me, I think, what did he have last night? Like eight point eight minutes at the most. I think it was like seven something. Yeah. He had so he, many he fouls. Foul trouble. It, it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. There were some questionable calls in that wizards game, but still I've just, I'm sitting here thinking about it and it's just like, I love Isaiah Jackson. I think the future is really bright for him, but I think there's a lot of like overhyping him a little bit to a certain degree, because I think some fans are just ready to move on from Turner. So they're just like, yeah, we got Isaiah Jackson. Why do we need Turner? But it's like, look, Isaiah Jackson, you know, he got outplayed by Gogo Batadze <laughs> Sunday, you know. So no offense to him, but it's just like Jalen Smith's been closing games down the stretch. Isaiah's got a lot of potential. I like what he can become, Foch, but 
Uh, statistically, you probably got the stats in front of you. There's been some good games from him over the past couple of months, but I would just say since the trade deadline, he's just not been able to stay uh, stay out of foul trouble would put his stock down for me. You know, I got the stats in front of me, grabbed the shovel, went digging. Uh, it's it's tough that, look, Isaiah Jackson, I, I, I want to say stock up. If I can say the stock has remained like the same or neutral, maybe that's where where I lean. So I guess maybe if I had to be you know pushed one way, I could say stock up because of the fact that he's been in, in consistently in the starting lineup. Yeah, that's a good point. Since the trade. So it's like we're getting Isaiah Jackson on a nightly basis, at least. There's no times where he's playing like two minutes or something like that. But foul trouble has been what's holding him back. So, you know, like I mentioned, I was at the Wizards game, barely got to see him play due to foul trouble. That was tough. But when he was on the court in eight minutes, he had six points, five rebounds, two blocks. So yeah. if he could have played 20 minutes he would have been good we saw him recently go eight for eight from the field but now is where we start to you know pick out the little things like he finishes a lot of lobs does a lot of his work in the paint I want to start to see that 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 jumper you know be a little bit more active I want to see him grow overall but yeah yeah since since he's become a starter um he's averaging 11.3 points per game on 64 percent shooting um five rebounds per game and nearly three blocks per game. So there's, there's some good stuff going on over there, but he's holding himself back with the foul trouble. So I can't say that the stock is by any means through the roof or taken off. Yeah. It's really close to just staying even, I guess, Yeah, but, I agree. you know, we, that's why we'll split it. And then you can just decide on your own pace or fans. What you think in terms of Isaiah Jackson stock up, stock down, but let's move on. Jalen Smith. What are your thoughts on him? Butch? Stock up. I mean, this guy's been like, too much of a surprise i mean he's really got pacer fans like look we can come pacer fans i was gonna say earlier man we barely have anything to complain about you know what we're complaining about are we playing jalen smith too much so he can skip town because right now i don't know how we got jalen smith and a second round pick and <laughs> saved money next year for tory smith because this guy i mean tory craig tory yeah i called him tory smith yeah tory craig look <laughs> I mean, Jalen's averaging like it's like thirteen and eight on fifty-four percent shooting. Uh, you know, forty-two percent from three. He looked fantastic against the Wizards. He was like seven of nine. I mean, he just looks as efficient as they come. And what I love is that you don't need like a a set like you don't need to design all these plays for him. He's just like a finds himself in the right spots. You know, good rebounder. I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. What if I told you he's a 56% shooter, a 41% three-point shooter, and an 81.8% free-throw shooter? I mean, if he gets his free-throws up, he's potentially in that 50-40-90 club since being a <laughs> member of the Pacers. I mean, not too far off because he doesn't have a ton of free-throws, so he could easily get that up. But in the 10 games, spot, yeah, I think this is just a telling stat. He's a plus 10 in those 10 games. So he's been a positive for this team in a, in a team that's actually had some losses here and, and some ugly ones too. So – you know, I think obviously he's a he's a bright spot. I don't think anybody anticipated him becoming this good of a player under the Pacers' uh, new regime, I guess you could call it, or this new era of Pacers basketball. But uh, I really like what I've seen from him, and I think hopefully it'd be great if we could somehow keep him long term because I just love the potential of Jalen Smith. I, I really do. It's hard not to. So stock up for me. I'm sorry. I didn't stop, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's a given. It, it's hard not to love what we're seeing over here. Just to, of course, somehow we're the franchise that might have to suffer from Phoenix's mistakes. So yeah. I hope they can work something out, but moving over next, uh, who, who do you want to do next? You tell me you're picking. 
Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go, Terry Taylor. Okay, Terry Taylor is actually who I thought you were going to say. It's hilarious that I just was thinking that, but uh, yeah, Terry Taylor. Oh, this is a tough one because before they got Jalen Smith, he was playing a lot more. Um, obviously, Isaiah Jackson was hurt. I think when Terry Taylor has played, he's been positive to a certain degree. Uh, his numbers do not showcase that as he's been at minus 14 over the last 10 games, but you know, c- continues to be a good rebounder. He's not a good three-point shooter, hardly even attempting them at all. And I think the lack of shooting is what's going to keep him from getting more consistent minutes under Rick Carlisle. Look, I've said it all along since he pretty much came and started playing in the rotation. He deserves to be on the 15-man roster. But right now, I think that it's going to be 50-50 on whether he returns next season for this team, uh, unless it's on another two-way contract, just because looking at how Carlisle likes to play his teams, undersized big that cannot shoot, it can be a little bit problematic. So I will say that his stock is probably even at this point. If I were to be like really picking, uh, I would say have to be just a little bit down just because the minutes have gone down a little bit uh, over the past couple of games. And I just feel like um, he's getting outshined by Jalen and Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, hey, if I had to make a decision, I would say probably stock down, even or down with you. I definitely can't say stock up because ever since Isaiah Jackson returned, He's been in the starting lineup. Minutes for Terry Taylor have been kind of all over the place. Uh, He played seven minutes against Washington. Before that, he played 16. You know, there was a game against Orlando. He played 22. But then against Boston, he played two minutes. So it's all over the place. Hard to find a consistent role. But when he's gotten minutes, like he he shot 10 of 15 over the last four games. So it's like, hey, we'll take that. He he rebounds very well when he's on the court. But when you compare it to before the trade deadline – um, or before the All-Star break. I mean, he had a game 18-9. and nine. That was the last game before the, the All-Star break. Then it was before that, it was 10-9, and nine, you know, 10-5, and 7-10. and 10. So he was putting up borderline double-doubles, but then the minutes just really came down. So I'd have to say probably stock down. All right, well, let's move on to another player here, a guy that a lot of fans have really enjoyed the experience here for the last couple of years, and that's No Way O'Shea. O'Shea Brissett, what are your thoughts on him? Stock up, stock down. The stock's up, but it's been a little bit rocky lately. If we yeah. did this, we were initially going to do this segment like a full week ago, and my answer was, oh, it's definitely up. But since then, I mean, he's been a little bit cold because right when we were initially talking about this, I mean, he goes off for 27 points against the Celtics, six of nine shooting from three. Looks fantastic. He's been in the starting lineup, so I love that he's getting the consistent role. The stock's definitely up, you know, following the deadline because remember in the year when the guy was out of the rotation so you know that was tough to see but if you want to go from like a sheer number standpoint the one thing that's been a little bit tough last year shot 48 percent from the field 42 percent from three this year sub 40 percent from the field yeah 33 percent from three so the man hustles he grinds he plays bigger than his size so i'm gonna say stock up but it's like you know it's not something i'm rushing to buy right now yeah, over the last 10 games, he's at 38.5% from the field and 32.7% from three, which is pretty gross, just 67% from the free throw line. Um, you know, not great. He's been a minus 50 in um, the last 10 games, and I think a lot of that really has to go to the the game against Orlando. He did not play in good in either of those games. I didn't think he played particularly well in Detroit or Washington either. So the last four games, he's really struggled. But that Boston game, he was on fire. He really was. So it's one of those things where it's like O'Shea is a guy to me 
that is going to have inconsistent stretches throughout the season because he's a role player and that's what role players do. So I would say that his stock is still up because if you look at the contract, if you look at the, you know, Rick Carlisle even brought it up, look at the tasks they put on him, playing him so many more minutes than he should really be playing in the rotation, you know, starting now, it's just a much bigger load for him and having to go up against better competition. It's going to be difficult. So, um, so yeah, all in all, I would say that I'm giving O'Shea stock up, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. Next, I'm going to go on the list. I'm going to go Gogo Batazzi. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to just change how we feel about Gogo because of know. the one game. I might be back. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stock down. Look, I, I'm not even trying to be mean. Gogo might have a great game against Cavaliers before we're doing this, but um, Gogo Batazzi. <laughs> You know, come on, man. This is the time is ticking for this young man. He's a he just really needs a change of scenery, in my opinion. There's potential that he could be an NBA rotational player somewhere else. I just think here in Indiana, there's just too many there's too many scars that I think one of the fan base will never accept him, um, unfortunately. And I think the front office probably has seen enough to realize, okay, let's just uh, let's go a different direction. He doesn't really fit Carlisle's new system with Tyrese Halliburton, so let's just let's just rip this bandit off and move forward. But you know, um, he just he's got he's got potential. I, I see it in him all the time. He just can never put it together. So uh, I'm going to stick with stock down. But what we saw against the Wizards, um, I would just I would say that you're not going to see that a lot. But I think if you take that game versus like, uh, you know, similar like the game against Orlando when Wendell Carter Jr. like bu- bullied him and then dunked on him. You put those two performances together, I think, and, you know, divide it in half. That's probably the real version of Goga. Uh, somewhere in between both those guys or both those performances. What he did against Washington made no sense. That it was so out of left field. Like, I mean, the guy goes from barely getting minutes on, on some nights to just going seven for seven from the field, career high 20 points. He does it in, in 23 minutes. Um, here's what I'd say. A couple days ago, we were going to do this. I think stock up, stock down. I'm thinking for Goga, it crashed. It's bankrupt. Take out a loan. Like this man, you know, the stock is done. Then all of a sudden he does this. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. I've been down that road before. So here's what I'll say. Look, I was watching Goga warm up. And I, I, even, I looked over at Babe and I go, look at this guy. He's shooting half court shots. He doesn't even care out there. I was like, what is this, a joke to him? And then he comes out, he goes seven for seven from the field. Yeah, so suck it. <laughs> it, it, it. He stuck it to me. But it just shows that all of these guys are so talented. You don't just like stumble into the NBA. Go was talented. Is he going to be talented here and get the, the opportunity to split? it? Probably not. I think that ship has probably sailed. I would have loved if he had this game right before the trade deadline. That way maybe we could have capitalized. But at this point, one game can't change everything. I, I think that Carlisle, you know, knows – what you know what he's got in Goga and what he doesn't I mean Goga had 17 points in in the first half barely really even played in the second half so you know it it just shows that that performance is probably an anomaly rather than what Goga is going to be so I'm going to say stock down pretty solidly yeah pretty much that's all Rick Carlisle talked about too after the Wizards game he was pretty short kind of seemed irritated said that Goga was great the whole game and then they asked why he didn't play more or why it took him so long to get him back in he just quickly said coach's decision so uh i was kind of laughing at rick you could tell he was a little bit irritated with how the pacers performed on sunday against the washington wizards but uh let's move on here now fachi uh fan favorite make him dance lance stevenson how you thought about lance right now 
hurts me to say stock down, but here's the thing. He's got the ankle injury. He's been out for a couple games. Just before the All-Star break, he was playing some really good ball. In the month of February, he averaged 12 points, four assists, 46% shooting. I know that's not going to, like, jump off the page to many people, but for Lance Stevenson, if, if you double-check his numbers in his career, that would be really good standards for Lance. I mean, let's also think about it. He hits that huge game-tying three against OKC to force overtime. He's got the shimmy going on. I mean, it was awesome. But since then, injuries have snuck in. I feel like now there's there's other guys in the rotation that are starting to play a bit better. So it makes me feel like you wonder, is Lance coming back? Like I think he's been a great fit for the team. I feel like he definitely, you know, A, obviously fan favorite, but guys are having more fun. But lately, I feel like his play hasn't been great, coupled with the injury that – you know, I'd have to say stock down. Yeah, it's a tough one here. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, he's just – he's not shooting a high efficiency over the last five games, just no. 40% from field, uh, 20% from three, Ooh. minus nine. So he's he's had some rough moments when he's played the last five games. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the Lance experience, like I said, similar to O'Shea being a role player, he's going to be like a roller coaster, up and down. Like, you know, you're going to see great – moments like we saw against the thunder when he knocks down a three and i think at that point he'd only missed like two shots the whole game like he was shooting super efficient had played a really good game then he goes like oh of six and overtime and so you know everything that he just did positively just came down negatively because just maybe a little bit of uh you know hunting for his own shot a little bit there too much much but Overall, I mean, I think we all love Lance for different reasons. I don't even think the encore production matters as much no, no. for fans and why they appreciate him. I think he just he's a vibe. He brings energy. So for that, for that side of it, I'll say stock up. But if you're talking overall basketball performance, uh, I agree with you, Fachi. He has been a stock down. Exactly. Look, I don't need Lance to score 20 points to gain my approval. That happened years ago. It's just that, hey, if we're looking at the, the sheer numbers – and his performance overall, you got to say stock down. So yeah. uh, let's go next. Let's go uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. Stock down. This dude has not played good. He had one good game against the Pistons. I don't even know what his numbers were against Washington. Um, he might have played okay there. He kind of broke out of a slump against the Pistons. But, I, you know, this guy don't play any defense. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but just he's not a good defender whatsoever. And if he's not able to get the ball in the basket, then he's really just a liability out there on the court. So, uh Playing a different role, I think that's one thing for sure we've noticed. He's not playing in the same style that he was when Sabonis and Holiday and Lamb were still here. So definitely a different uh, – they've, they've tasked him with a different job. Like even, even the Orlando games, he was playing some backup point guard there. I just did not like what I saw from him. So I'm going to say stock down, and I think it's pretty easy for me. Yeah, it's, it's stock down. If we did this segment a week ago, it might have gotten harsh on this side of things. But in the last two games, I know you gave him credit for one. I'm, I'm going I'm to double down and say I'm going to give him credit for two games. He woke up from a solid snooze, a real deep slump. He's gone 9 of 18 from the field in the last two games, 7 of 12 from three. We know that's what he does. He'd live and die. You're not going to get much more than him just kind of shooting threes. But he was previously 5 of 19 from three in his previous eight games. So that's gross for a guy that's like kind of, you know, three-point shooting is what he brings to the table. But yeah. one thing I want to give him credit for is being at the game against the Wizards, I noticed that he's a really good teammate. He's very vocal on the sidelines. And I think it was Keith for Sykes that we interviewed a while back that was like, 
oh man, like Dwayne, like you could hear him from, you know, the second he walks in the gym, he's so loud. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, that, that's cool. But he really was loud to the point where I could hear his voice when being at, you know, in the arena. So I'll give him credit for that, but I, I got to say stock down. All right, let's move on to our last active player right now on the roster. Kiefer Sykes, who you got? Well, for Kiefer Sykes, I mean, come on. I would be lying. Come on. I, I mean, I'd be lying everybody. You called him Rey Mysterio on I, Sunday. I, and that was a compliment, you know? So here's the thing. Look, I'd have to say stock down. It's been <laughs> tough to watch to the point oh, where Kiefer. I, I know. I was actually puzzled that he got solid minutes against the Wizards. Like, the Wizards. Yeah. like What was like, that about? I, I was lucky that the, the tickets that I got were, were a, a birthday Close. gift from, from months ago. Yeah, they were getting good seats. But I was also like – well, I didn't come here to see Keeper. I came here to see the boys. You know, like what? Is, you know, what is this? He, He's part of the boys. Come on now, give him the keys. I know. I can't. I can't give him the key. I can't hand. You were there. Away. You had the keys in pocket. Why didn't you I give know? It to him? I could not give it to him. But I mean, <laughs> here I am. I saw him check in. It was like thirty-five seconds left in the first quarter. And I was like, ah, like Rick. That's a nice move. Like get Keeper in for a little bit. You know, get him out. And then he stayed in. He played like. Played like a decent part of the second quarter. I was like, what's going on here? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I got to oh, say man. stock down. Uh, yeah, I mean, what am I going to say to that? I'll stock <laughs> up. Come on now. <laughs> Have me cracking up over here in your stories, man. You kill me. Oh, but, uh, you know, Kiefer, man, this is, a, this is a good story for him. I think just the fact that he's in the NBA should be somewhat of a chance to give him stock up. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really say stock down. I would just say it's pretty even. Honestly, he hasn't done anything to lose his job, but no. uh, he didn't do anything to keep it either. And that's kind of how I felt the whole time he was brought in here. Just give him, give him the opportunity this year to reward him for all that he's done and the hard work that he's put into being a pro. But I just do not see him as a long-term piece here, obviously. Uh, just, just some limitations to his game. But other than that, Fachi, um, that's where I'm at with him. I would say just – I'll, I'll say stock even just to be kind, but uh, we have our injury guys now that are out McConnell, Warren, Turner, and Rubio. Just real quick, uh, stock up, stock down on any of those guys. I mean, I don't know how it could be up for anyone. I mean, for Turner, look, stock down. He hasn't played since the All Star break. I don't know if he will play the rest of the season. I, I We're getting to a point where I don't think it's smart for him to play as much as I want to see him with Isaiah Jackson. It just feels like, what if something goes wrong? And next thing you know, I mean, you know, when it comes to foot injuries, all I can think of is TJ Warren. Warren, at this point, like, he might be ready to be on the court, but does it make sense to get him on the court? I mean, in your gut, like, do you think we see Warren again this year? Probably not. I mean, I'd be more surprised if we saw him than if we didn't. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with not that. Not playing all year has got to be a stock down for Warren. I mean, yeah, it's got to, especially in a contract year. I mean, that was, that had to have kind of slashed brutal. off, you know, some solid, uh, solid numbers uh, in terms of that contract that he could have received. But then we also, we look at Rubio, you know, it's hard to say that his stock was ever up as a pacer. Um, I'm appreciative of him saving us some money, but, <laughs> you know, I don't think we're ever going to see him. Um, then also, you know, you look at McConnell, it, you know, it was it was hard to watch this year for a guy that was so fun to watch last year. But, you know, he's obviously not going to come back with a wrist injury. I'm happy that if it, if it has to be anything, at least it's a wrist injury rather than, you know, a foot, ankle, knee injury or anything like that. But I'm going to throw it out there. Do you think T.J. McConnell is on the team next year? Oh, you know how I feel about that. I said that earlier in the season before he even really got hurt that he shouldn't have been there long term. So, 
uh, I just, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with, with him. But I was laughing today on a group in, on Facebook. The, there was a question presented from Kyle Pring from 8.9 seconds, my colleague over there. Uh, you did an article today on should the Pacers, you know, trade TJ McConnell in the offseason. And Teresa Smith on Facebook said, uh, no, they shouldn't. He's a fighter and a shooter. And I said, yeah. you lost me at and a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was just laughing. I was like, come on, Teresa, have you even watched TJ McConnell play? The dude is not a shooter. Then he goes and hurts his wrist because he's trying to shoot too much. So, uh, you know. Must have so, been yeah. putting all that oomph on those threes. You know, exactly. really broke you know, those wrists down. But it's, yeah. We're joking a little bit here, but come on, McConnell. I mean, the, the days are numbered. We we always kind of felt that way whenever we talked to Jay Michael just because of Rick's desire for a point guard, what they can do. So, I mean, he could be prop X because I don't know what they're going to be able to get for him in a trade. But um, I don't think he's got any stock up, though. I would say the only player on this team that uh, out of the injured guys that have a stock up for me is Miles Turner. Uh, you said stock down, but the reason I say stock up is because, look, Jalen Smith has been the best big since they traded away Sabonis. Number one, they traded away Sabonis. So Turner definitely uh, is the best center on the team now. Number two, Jalen Smith's been the best center, and there's a chance they couldn't keep him. And number three, Isaiah Jackson can't stay out of foul trouble, so the team's got to look at that like, okay, so we like Isaiah Jackson, but we know he's not ready yet. So then who is the only other people giving Turner a little bit of an edge out here to not come back next year? You're talking – Goga and Terry Taylor or potentially the first round draft pick. I mean, even if they drafted Chet Holmgren, if they got in the top four or something like that, they're still going to start. They're still going to probably keep Turner and start him. I don't think Chet is really a true center. He's too tiny. So frame wise anyway. So I think Turner's stock has to be up just for the simple fact that he survived another trade deadline uh, <laughs> on the Pacers. And, you know, just just the, the simple fact that he's still here is, uh, for me, a stock up because, like, there's so much talk about him being traded. And uh, the guys below him haven't played good enough to me to really solidify themselves as better options than Turner moving forward. That's a good point. Uh, yes, he could be – he should be a stock up in regards to do we feel great about the replacements behind him. So I agree with that. Look, if Jalen Smith could be signed, I'd be like, hey, Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, like – that's a nice young core over there. You know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if Jalen Smith ain't coming back, then, then obviously this shows, hey, Turner, we need you. You know, you're going to have a bigger role, but just let's get you healthy. No, no, there's no, no need to risk anything. I mean, like, what if Turner came back? All of a sudden we put together some wins. It took us out of, the, out of you know, drafting fourth or fifth. Or the worst case scenario, worsens the foot injury. So yeah. there's nothing to gain over there. I'm sure they could just – practice Turner and Isaiah Jackson and see, see how it works over there. But for the rest, you know, the one thing I'd say on TJ McConnell, which is, which is sad is you and I talked about it before free agency. We said, obviously the Pacers are going to be choosing between McConnell and McDermott. They're not going to sign both of them, but did McConnell have a next level where he could get better or would we just be paying him for what he did? And unfortunately, I just don't think he's got that next level in his game. And I feel like what we got out of him last year, was as good as it was going to get. Oh yeah, no, he had a career year, the his free agency year, and that's the that's always the problem, or the risk, I guess you could take say when you when you sign a guy after they've been uh, an upcoming free agent, they know that they are going to get paid if they play well. So there's a little bit more incentive to go all out, especially last year. I mean, we we obviously knew that they were hanging on by a thread to just make the play-in game, 
Um, but McConnell was just unreal last year. Like we called him man of steel as a joke. He was stealing the ball left and right. I think he led the league in steals, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he was really good, but you know, flashy, here we are. Uh, we're, we're just in a weird spot as a, as a franchise. We're, we're heading in the right direction, but still a lot of questions that need to be answered this off season and moving forward. But Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will bring on our fan of the week. So we'll be right back after this. All right, everybody joining us now for our fan of the week segment. It's the one and only Chris Burden. Chris, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So let's jump right into it. Um, I just I just got to know, what are your thoughts on the on the season so far with this Pacers team? Are they what you expected or are you a little bit, uh, you know, changing gears a little bit in terms of how you're viewing this team as the season maybe didn't go the way you might have expected? Uh, you know, at the start of the season, you know, I was really excited for it, thinking everybody was going to be healthy, thought we were going to get TJ back. And, you know, we lost in the first two games by one point. And I thought they were heartbreakers. And I thought, all right, well, maybe we'll get to close ones down the road. But. Now it's to the point where, you know, I'm a huge Sabonis fan, but I'm an even bigger Pacer fan. So, you know, like uh, I'm glad that we got what we got out of him, and I'm super excited how this future uh, team's going to be going. Chris, I think you put that perfectly because Alex and I, we're both Sabonis guys, but at the end of the day, we're big Pacer fans. And in the end, we made the trade that absolutely had to happen 10 out of 10 times. So tell me a little bit about, you know, first of all, we never did really get those one-point wins that you that you talked about that we were owed. I thought we were going to get them too. But it's just been a lot of losses. But with this current team, I mean, how much more fun has it been watching Halliburton and Buddy Heald and Jalen Smith for the second half of the year? Oh, it's been a lot a lot more fun. You know, I've been I've been to eight Pacer games this, this season. Uh, two of them have been with the new lineup that we've had. Uh, I went to the Pacers versus Celtics game the first time they were at Gamebridge and we got blown out the water, you know, and that was with the uh, DeMontis Sabonis and all of them. And then, you know, now we got Tyrese and we ended up winning that game at home. It's, it's pretty good. It's fun watching them. I'm excited to see how we're going to do in the draft and all that. Yeah, well, let's just go right there to the draft and obviously everybody has their opinions on who they want, but you know, obviously, there's a lot of good players in that top four, but uh, is there a certain player that you'd like the Pacers to hopefully uh, get a chance to draft? Yeah, you know, Jay Ivey's obviously one of them with him being an Indiana guy. And mm-hmm. then uh, I don't know if it's going to even be possible, but, you know, I really like Smith out of Auburn. Yeah, Jabari Smith. I mean, I, yeah. I really feel like, man, that's someone who, if he's there, it would, and he's not going to be there at four or five, it would be really hard to pass up on Jabari Smith. So super excited about that. But what I always love is when we have our fan of the week segment, I love hearing, how did your your fandom for the Pacers start? I mean, take me back. What's some of your earliest or best memories as a Pacer fan? Well, my best memory is, you know, I was like nine or 10 years old and my mom bought me a ticket to go to the Pacer game with uh, my uncle and uh, I got to take a friend with me. And, uh, you know, we, we played the Atlanta Hawks. That, that game, we are in ninth row. This was around the time uh, Al Harrington, Jermaine O'Neal, and all of those guys were there. And um, after after the game, or before the game, I should say, it was uh, how the stadium, how the how Casico was built. Like you could be at the top and you could look down 
at the practice court. And, and now that they've done all the re renovations, it's not like that. And I remember seeing Austin Crozier walking with his family. He was holding his little baby girl, I believe it was, and had his wife with him going into the game. And then after the game, we stayed around because where the players exit, I stayed around and Al Harrington stopped and gave me his autograph after the uh, after the game. So that was like one of the main things that I remember. Never going to forget that one. I, I can Never. promise you that. I know that feeling. Yeah, that's it's, pretty it's awesome, man. Awesome. Being, a, being a kid and stuff, you know, like he was driving this big old black SUV with rims on it. It had like blue lighting on the bottom of it. Man, it was real cool. Well, that's and awesome, man. Stopping after the game and, you know, giving me an autograph. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. I remember as a kid, I used to always love to see what cars would drive out of the, the tunnel underneath there in that in that garage. And one time David Harrison actually walked out and went over across the street and just had a bunch of autographs for a bunch of us kids that were there watching. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, it was David Harrison. So it's like, ah, come on. It couldn't have been somebody else. Right. But, uh, it was know, still right? it was still cool to see the guys driving out, see what they're driving. But uh, with that being said, you know, obviously uh, Rick Carlisle in a second stint here with the Pacers, technically his third if you count when he was an assistant coach here. But um, what what are your thoughts on Carlisle so far this season with his with his third stint here with the Pacers? And uh, do you like the direction the team is heading with Carlisle as the coach? I, I think so. Like you know, like I don't know if there's something going on with Jalen that we don't know because he's getting all this playing time. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they got some got something set up like, oh man, we're wanting you to be part of our core core players here, but we're not the ones that declined your option. So, you know, you give us this, you know, two year deal uh, with a player option after the first and then it gives us a bit uh, the bird rights to sign you for the sign you to a bigger tra uh, contract coming up. You know, hopefully something like that's going on that we don't know about because I'm, I'm I've been pretty excited uh, excited about Jalen Smith and he's been. I great. like how Carl yeah Carl is doing a great job too. I mean I don't know like you can kind of tell with having Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington Jr. in there <laughs> in the fourth quarter. You know like maybe next season I'm sure it's not going to be like that, but you know with us not having a, a draft pick like this in my lifetime, you know like. Maybe that's why he's doing it, is trying to do that, but in a so subtle way, you know. Oh, very much. I mean, Carlisle, you stealthy tanker, you. I am enjoying what I'm seeing. <laughs> but my last question, I would say, who's more likely to be on next year's opening day roster, Malcolm Brogdon or TJ Warren? Without Malcolm's playing right now, man, either it can be like, all right, well, he can be part of this team, or, you know, we can get a lot more out of him now that we're showing him off and he's healthy and he's putting up 25 and 30 points a game. Man, that's a tough one. If I had to say it, I'm a, I like Malcolm Brogdon, but I'd probably go with TJ Warren with the opening day. I know his contract expires, but with how the, how the younger squad is, I think that. Malcolm won't be a part of this group going forward. Yeah, I think the writing on the wall is there for that one. So uh, to wrap things up, I don't know if you are on social media everywhere, but uh, if you are on social media anywhere and you'd like people to follow you, go ahead and throw out uh, where people can find you at. You know, I'm just on Facebook, Chris Burton. You know, uh, if you type in Pickle, that's my nickname. Uh, people can find me on there. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for joining us. 
Thanks a lot, right, Chris. Man, Appreciate so, you. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. And uh, it's been real fun. All right, that wraps it up for another Saturday show. Fachi, where can the people find us at on social media? All right, so you can find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And if you're a happily married man, say these three words Let's go, Pacers! Let's go, Pacers! <laughs>